Hello, Finns Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Finns with Frisch podcast brought to you by Riviera Produce, the best fruits and produce in the entire nation. If you're looking for any kind of fruit, apples, bananas, guavas, um, if you're looking for any kind of vegetable, you know, carrots, broccoli, onions, mushrooms, uh, even spinach, then Riviera Produce is the place to go. We've got a very exciting episode today. The vibes in Dolphin Nation are great. We're going to have Jeremy on shortly. Uh, We're going to have two Cowboys fans. Again, we're making history every week on this podcast. We've never had multiple fans of the opposing team we're playing come on. We are going to have that later on the episode. And uh, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. But before we do any of that, we need to stay true to the mission uh, on this podcast. And if you remember... I said that the mission of this podcast is to hold clowns accountable, and we are going to do just that. But before we do that, we need to address something else. Um, As we stated on the podcast last week, I said I'm going to ride or die with this team. I'm going to talk as much as possible about this team. I'm going to clown every non-Dolphin fan out there who has disrespected this franchise, uh, which is most people that I know. And we're either going to win the Super Bowl and it's going to be great or we're not going to win the Super Bowl and I'm going to win Clown of the Year, which is going to be an award. And by the way, the Clown of the Week this week is a repeat winner. He is totally in the running for it. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that's what I said and I want to address something. Uh, I want to tell a story. I was, I was visiting a friend at the University of Michigan and it was... I think it was week 5, 2020. That was the week we beat the Niners. So, yeah, it was week 5, 2020. Uh, the, Dolphins, um, the Dolphins beat the 49ers, and the score was, let me get it up here, 43-17. to 17. It was the franchise-changing game. We were 1-3. We lost to the Patriots week 1 with Cam Newton. Um, we lost week 2 to uh, whoever it was, the Buffalo Bills. And we were 1-3, and, and then we beat the Niners 43-17 to 17 on the road. We lost the Seahawks week 4. And uh, that, that's where the franchise started to turn around. We won, I want to say, five straight. Um, maybe it was six. I can't remember if we got to six and three or seven and three. I know we were six and three. but um, And that's where the franchise started to turn around. So I was at the University of Michigan. And then on Sunday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings played the Seattle Seahawks. And at the time... I had one friend who was a Minnesota Vikings fan. So, and me and him, we would talk a lot. We, we would chirp each other a lot uh, about Dolphins and Vikings. And the Seahawks converted a fourth down for a touchdown that if they didn't convert, they would have lost. And they ultimately won the game. So the game ends. We're all in the car back, back to Indiana, and it was four of us. And I'm like, let's go. The Vikings just lost. And I was like, I got to go call my friend who's a Vikings fan and make fun of him. And then there's this kid in, this, in the car, this kid, lost individual, uh, and he's actually a clown too. This man that I'm talking about who made the statement that I'm about to discuss, this is a guy who he's a big fan of the podcast, but when he loses, when the Dolphins lose, he clowns me, he clowns Jeremy, he clowns Dolphin Nation. This guy is a chameleon, and I know you're listening, I know you know who you are. This guy is named after the football team in Kansas City. Uh, and he is a chameleon. When the team's winning, he's with us. When the team's losing, he's against us, and I'm against him. But what he said in the car was this. He goes, why do you feel the need to make fun of people who are fans of other teams when their team loses? And I want to address something because 
That statement was made, and people in my group chat this week, multiple group chats, have been, you know, we're going back and forth about the Dolphins. I was clowning them because they were saying, without Tyreek, they're the worst team in the league, 30-0 to zero on the road. And I, and I was just, clown, uh, you know, I'm clowning these guys, and they're like, one of them is like, you know, I wouldn't hate the Dolphins so much if uh, you weren't always clowning people when they're winning. To my, and my response to that was, I love the fact that you hate the Dolphins. Keep the same energy you've kept for the last 23 years and, I don't know, like eight months, nine months maybe, that I've existed on this planet for years and years and years and years and years. Everyone's talked about how the Dolphins are the worst franchise in sports and they're an embarrassment and they're this and that and Ryan Tannehill sucks and everyone sucks and now the Dolphins are great. And I've got guys, i got another guy who claims to not care about the Dolphins, but at the same time, and you know who you are, you may be listening, um, he... Junior college when the Dolphins were beating the Jaguars. He's pretend, he's like, yeah, I don't care about this game. He whispers under his breath when the Dolphins were on offense, please get this stop. Yeah, there's a bunch of Dolphin haters out there. And I want you guys all to know that are listening to the show, truly from the bottom of my heart, that not only do I get enjoyment out of, and this answers the question from the chameleon junior year of college when we were coming back from Michigan. Not only do I get great enjoyment out of the Miami Dolphins winning. And I really, really do. The Dolphins winning is so awesome. But I get even more enjoyment from the fact that people who hate the Dolphins are miserable when the Dolphins win. That makes my enjoyment even more. And I know my enjoyment makes you even more miserable. And it's just like a cycle. Like I'm enjoying this and it's making you miserable. And then I'm becoming more, I'm enjoying more uh, because of your misery. And then you're being more miserable because I'm enjoying things and it just goes back and forth, right? My fandom is at an all-time high. Your misery as a football fan for all Dolphin haters is at an all-time low and most of you guys are Giants fans, so you don't even have anything to look forward to and I just want you to know that that makes me so happy. Um, And lastly, yeah, so the last thing I want to address is... um, Oh, no, I already addressed it. Yeah, so people are like, you know, if you didn't, I wouldn't hate the Dolphins so much if, if you did this and that. I want you to hate the Dolphins. I love that you hate them. And I love that you hate that we're winning. And I love that we're going to continue to win and you're going to continue to be angry. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bobby. I know you're listening too, clown. You know, that, that's the thing about this guy. So there was a guy last week who was talking, like the Dolphins, Tua's career was invalid because for two quarters they didn't score without Tyreek uh, in a game that they've game-planned to have him. So they win 30 to nothing this week, and this just shows you how dumb the, uh, the Tua haters are. Um, he's sitting there talking about, um, yeah, like uh, I'm clowning him saying the Dolphins are playing great without Tyreek. He's not even watching the game, right? Um, and, and he says Raheem Mostert has two touchdowns as if like he ran for 60 yard touchdowns was carrying the offense. I'm like, yeah, from the one yard line, how do you think they got to the one yard line? You think they just teleported to the one yard line? Uh, and then, you know, he's going back and forth, just naming stats and all this. And I'm like, and then finally a Jets fan jumps in, Sam, who was on the podcast, uh, before the, on, on the last episode goes, Tua is dissenting us. I don't know what you're talking about. Terrible look for Bobby, clowning the Dolphins, and then having a Jet, not even watching the game, and then having a Jets fan come in and say that. Um, so yeah, it was a rough week for him, and finally he admitted defeat. He was like, okay, I'm sorry that I thought that the Dolphins would uh, not be good without Tyreek Hill. Anyway, um, again, we will get into some Dolphin talk, I promise. Before we do that, we've addressed... Uh, my how I view fans of non Miami Dolphin teams, and by the way, there's a few individuals out there 
who uh, are rooting for the Dolphins that are not Dolphin fans. There is a uh, big UFC guy, Giants fan out there. You know who you are. He is part of Dolphin Nation at the moment. Um, And yeah, so anyway, uh, I need to... We're going to do a new segment. It may be a one-week segment. It may be a multi-week segment. We're going to have to see uh, what goes on in the NFL world over the coming weeks. But uh, there's, we are going to name four groups of clowns, four groups of idiots, whatever you want to call them. I need to address four groups comprised of stupid individuals. Um, and, and we're going to talk about them quickly here before, before we get Jeremy on and before we get back into Dolphins football. So the first group is Chargers fans. Now, there's only, there's a few games I've been happy that the Dolphins lost. In 2019, I was rooting against the Dolphins. I fully admit that. It was in the best interest of the team. And, um, yeah, I mean, the owner was trying to pay the coach to lose games. So that, that was what was in the best interest of the team. That's what I was trying to do. And there's a few games that I've been happy that they've lost. The game that comes to mind is the Miami Dolphins played the Bills in, I think it was week four of 2015. Yeah, week four of 2015. Uh, this was the last game of the Joe Philbin era. And I was really I was rooting for them before the game. They lost the game. It was 41-14. Oh, I'm sorry. The next week they lost the Jets. I'm wrong. It was not the Bills game. It was the Jets game the next week. They lost to the Jets. They lost the Bills 41-14 in week 3 of 2015. In week 4 of 2015, they lost to the Jets. And I was rooting for them before the game, but after the game I was relieved. And the reason I was relieved was cuz I knew Joe Philbin would get fired. And in the back of my mind, I really, really knew that the Dolphins were not winning a Super Bowl with Joe Philbin as the head coach. Now, again, I wasn't rooting for them to lose, but after they lost and Philbin got fired, I was like, it's good that they lost that game. And then the next four quarters or six quarters of football after Joe Philbin was fired, they outscored the Tennessee Titans over four quarters and the Houston Texans over two, 79 to 10. They won the next week 38 to 10, and the next week they were up 41 nothing at halftime. That's how fired up the players were that their idiot head coach was fired. And just I'm looking at the box score of the Bills game right now. Classic Ryan Tannehill game. Uh, 26 for 49, 297 passing yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. What an absolute scrub that individual was. Um, and this is why Chargers fans are idiots. So Chargers fans, first of all, they're just weirdos, okay? They think, oh, they don't even care about the team. They just want everyone to think that Justin Herbert's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. So after they lost 63 to 21, you would think they'd be relieved that they lost because Brandon Staley's going to be fired. But that's not why they were happy. They were happy that they lost 63-21 to because they thought people would look at that and be like, wow, this loss shows that Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, that's on Twitter. They're like, finally proof that her- no one's more valuable than Herbert. No, everyone's looking at that game like the Chargers are an embarrassment of a franchise. The team that you root for is an absolute embarrassment. You just lost by 42 points to the Las Vegas Raiders. Aiden O'Connell's playing quarterback. Your team's garbage. And Chargers fans are just looking at that like, oh, yeah, thank God we lost 63-21 to because everyone's going to see how good Justin Herbert is now. No one cares about Justin Herbert. He's not playing. Your team's 5-9, and nine, and you just lost by 42 points to a division rival. Congratulations, Chargers fans. Uh, the second group of people that are stupid are Buffalo Bills fans and Buffalo Bills believers. Everyone is now back on the Buffalo Bills train. Jeremy is actually, he, he's starting to worry about the Bills a little bit. I am not worried about the Buffalo Bills. Let's talk about what the Bills have done. So they lost to the Denver Broncos 24-22. to Everyone wrote them off. 
But uh, as Geno Smith said, they didn't write back, right? They went on a crazy run. They beat the New York Jets 32-6 to at home the next week. That's super impressive. The Dolphins only beat them 30 to nothing this week. It's almost like any team that's half decent at this stage in the season should blow out the New York Jets, okay? Any, anybody should do that. So then the next week, this was the game where everyone's like, oh, the Bills are back, the Bills are back. They lost 37-14 to in Philadelphia, right? And everyone was like, Josh Allen threw for 339 yards. He had an interception inside his own uh, territory that if he didn't have, they probably would have won. But And Jake Elliott had the 62-yard field goal. But did you see how good they looked? They looked great. They almost beat the Eagles on the road. The Philadelphia Eagles, since that game, are 0-3, including a loss to Drew Locke's Seahawks this week. So the Buffalo Bills, the first two games of their incredible run start off by beating the Jets by 26 who the Dolphins beat by 30 this week and then losing to a team who went 0-3 in their next three games then the next week they followed up by beating the Kansas City Chiefs who at the time had lost three of four including loss to the 6-8 Green Bay Packers and they only won that game because of an offsides call on Kadarius Toney that had no impact on the game yes it was the right call uh, and then finally they got an impressive win over the Dallas Cowboys this week the Dallas Cowboys, who the Dolphins play, and I expect to embarrass this week. And if you just watch that game, by the way, like, no, the Cowboys would not have won. First off, the Cowboys on the road this year, they beat the Giants. Then they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Then they lost to the San Francisco 49ers, 42-10. to Then they lost to Philadelphia, so they are, they beat Carolina, and they're 2-4 and four on the road. So they're 2-3 and three with their two wins are over the Giants and the Carolina Panthers arguably the two worst teams in football. I'm not saying they are, but you can make an argument for both teams being the worst team in football. And then their losses are to the Arizona Cardinals. You can argue argue that they are the worst team in football. The Niners, they lost to by 32 points. And then they uh, they, they like played well against Philadelphia, again, by losing by five. That was big for them. Uh, and then this week, they lost 31-10. to 10. The first three drives of the game... Um, they got a stop, was fourth down, got called for roughing the passer. So the Bills should have called, that was the first drive of the game, should have scored three points. That drive, they scored seven. The second drive of the game, uh, the Bills were punting, so the drive was over again. The Cowboys roughed the punter. J- Bills end up scoring. So 14 points, they should have had three. Third drive, uh, it looks like Stephon Diggs fumbled. The second they snapped the ball, you knew it was a fumble. How'd you know? Because Mike McCarthy didn't challenge it. And if Mike McCarthy doesn't challenge something that he should maybe challenge, that means that it would have gone in the Cowboys' favor. Because Mike McCarthy's an idiot. He's always been an idiot. The guy is a stupid guy. And because of his idiocy, the drive would have been over. It would have been a fumble. It would have been Cowboys' ball. Uh, The Bills scored another touchdown. So 21 points, that should have been three, due to a roughing the passer, a roughing the punter, and a non-challenge of a fumble. And obviously the rest of them could have called a fumble on the field. They're like, well, you know, we want to get the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, let's see if Mike McCarthy will actually challenge the play, which obviously he won't. Finally, the last group of people that I want to um, talk about as being idiots are Tua haters. Now, look, Tua, again, everyone said he was going to suck without Tyree Kill. He played great without Tyree Kill. Um, but everyone's saying, oh, it was the Jets, who I think are seventh in pass defense. Uh, and, you know, again, great game by him. Waddle, 142 yards. Um, and... It's funny, people keep talking about Tua before Tyreek and I or, and McDaniel, and I want to talk about this. I just want to highlight something again. Um, again, the MV, the Tua, you know, the Tyreek MVP, the Dolphins are nothing without him, Tua is nothing without him. 
30 nothing win over the Jets. Uh, they're in hiding this week. Um, we talked about Bobby earlier. Probably would have been better to save him for this segment, but it is what it is. Um, two, uh, I, I want to talk about a game against the Arizona Cardinals. Dolphin fans know what I'm talking about in 2020. The Dolphins played the Arizona Cardinals on the road. Tua passed for uh, 248 yards on 28 attempts, two touchdowns, no interceptions. These were Tua's weapons that day. Salvin Ahmad led the team in rushing yards with 38 on seven carries. Tua was second in rushing yards, seven carries for 35 yards. Third was Jordan Howard, uh, who had 10 carries for 19 yards. Then the receiving core. And the funny thing about this receiving core is at the time, we thought Devontae Parker and Mike Jusecki were weapons. Now seeing them go with Mac Jones, we realize they weren't. Devontae Parker led the team in receiving yards with 64, followed by Preston Williams with 60, followed by Jusecki with 42. Um, then Jakeem Grant, who's five foot six with 35. Durham Smythe, legend, still on the team, 19 yards. Um, and then Patrick Laird had 17 yards. Matt Collins, 11 yards. And by the way, Malcolm Perry and Adam Shaheen got targets. Malcolm Perry, if you remember, seventh round pick, was the quarterback for Navy or Army, one of the two. Um, don't mean to disrespect Malcolm Perry. Let's actually see where he was. Malcolm Perry College. He played at Navy. That was that was my first guess. Okay, Navy quarterback uh, was getting targets, and Adam Shaheen. That was an Adam Gase guy. Um, so that's who two was throwing to. So and again, it's like they, we don't talk about this with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was garbage before he got Stephon Diggs. I know we've done this before, but uh, there's nothing. I, I love reiterating Tua's dominance without Tyreek to Tua haters or Tua's general dominance to Tua haters. And finally, the last group of idiots. Uh, you can never talk about groups of idiots without bringing up New York Giants fans, okay? Again, if you were to take a bunch of human beings, extract their brains, and then just like place them in a football stadium, that's MetLife Stadium when the Giants have a home game on a Sunday or a Thursday or a Monday or a Saturday in December or a Tuesday in 2020 if there's COVID. Giants fans are idiots. I just have to throw that in there. Uh, the last thing we need to do before we get into Dolphin Talk, and I know we've been going for a while, um, but we, this is important. We have to give out the clown of the week. The second two-time winner, uh, Steven Ruiz was the first repeat winner. The second, uh, two-time winner is Theo Ash. And look, I've talked about this, uh, another guy that, you know, has a terrible haircut, knows nothing about football. I've talked about this individual before, right? Um, Theo Ash, TikTok guy, um, He's everything that's wrong with the new generation of football fans. The younger guys, the the teenagers, the fifteen year olds, right? Like, um, yeah, we're so I guess we're in the same generation, kind of. But like, but he's a he he didn't like get to see any of he didn't get to watch Ray Lewis, right? He didn't get to watch you know those hard hitting Steelers teams, even the Jets defense in twenty ten. The kid was a baby. So guys like this, and and, and they have no appreciation for real football. Um, they're the problem with the sport. He tweeted out a picture of Michael Pittman, um, his, his diving catch, and, De- and DeMonte Casey's hit on him and said, look, if he catches this, he catches this. There's no need to lower your helmet and kill him. I don't think the wide receiver needs to be punished with his season for the QB making a bad pass. The NFL makes a lot of bad decisions, but hits like this are bad for the sport. Theo Ash then went on to say uh, about Tom Brady, um, or, or, or actually about the same thing. He, he said, uh, the DB has dozens of other opportunities to make plays over the course of the game. This hit does not need to be one of them. And then he went on to clown Tom Brady. And uh, someone said, uh, I need to find this. Um, someone said, I guess you know ball better than Tom Brady. Six laughing emojis, or five laughing emojis. 
And Theo asked about Tom Brady. He goes, wow, an old retired player wishes the game was more physical. Full disclaimer here, I don't know if he's being sarcastic. But from the context that I have, okay, and the fact that this guy's a total idiot, um, I'm going to assume that he's not being sarcastic. Okay, so Theo Ash is talking about the best football player to ever play the game, calling him an old retired guy who wants the game to be more physical, and saying that defenders should just let receivers catch the ball. You know, he's got great ideas for offense, right? Like, if, if you're listening to Theo Ash, you just could throw bad... If Theo Ash was the commissioner of the NFL instead of Roger Goodell, you could just throw bad passes, and then defenders wouldn't be allowed to try to make the hit. Like, because the receivers shouldn't be punished. The quarterback shouldn't be punished with an incompletion when the quarterback makes a bad throw. Defenders should just not have to play defense. This is how these guys think. Theo Ash, by the way, is one of the guys that said that blowing a 27-point lead wasn't Justin Herbert's fault, and that Justin Herbert's way better than Tua. He thinks the Jaguars are great. He has had the Chargers going like 15-2 and this year. He had the Dolphins going 6-11 and this year. So the guys that make those kinds of comments about the Dolphins, Tua, Justin Herbert, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jaguars, those are the guys that think defenders shouldn't be allowed to tackle on plays where uh, the ball isn't thrown perfectly to receivers. So, Theo, you are a massive clown. Uh, you are the Week six, week 15 uh, NFL Clown of the Week. You would have a difficult time finding a larger clown than yourself at a street fair circus or the birthday party of a young child. Uh, and I just want to mention to everyone, a former clown honorable mention, Jake Fisher, who was on the podcast. The Eagles have dropped three straight games, and he has been silent. I have not heard a lot from him. It, uh, it sounded like Arrowhead when... Um, D Ford got called for the offsides, and then the Patriots won in overtime after the Patriots scored that touchdown to win. Um, how quiet Arrowhead was. That's how quiet my phone has been in terms of receiving text from Jake Fisher out of Scarsdale, New York. His teams dropped three straight. They're a bunch of bums, and um, and that's who the Bills got a ton of credit for was to for almost beating those bums in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I was saying on this podcast, I'm now anti-Philly sports. I hate the Eagles, and they suck now. How about that? Um, with all that being said, look, very exciting times in front of the Dolphins. For the first time in my entire life, and for any Dolphins fan under the age of 25, the Dolphins play three elite teams coming up. Colin Coward did his herd hierarchy this week, and uh, three elite teams in, in terms of the rest of the world. I, I don't think I don't agree, but uh, here the Dolphins at seven. Cowboys at 5, Ravens at 2, Bills at 3. I don't know what he's going to say when the Dolphins beat three teams in his top five in a row. He's probably just going to move like the Cleveland Browns in front of us um, or something. But uh, very exciting times. I'm ready to teleport. I am fired up. And uh, to talk more about the, the upcoming weeks, we are going to bring Jeremy Hawk back onto the show. Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Jack. We got a massive football game this week, ready to dive deep into the implications of this game and the rest of this season. Nobody I'd rather talk Finns football than with than you. So let's do this. Dude, you know, I've been texting you all week. I was saying I'm ready to teleport to Sunday and the next three games. Nothing else even matters right now. This is the first time in our entire lives where we're playing meaningful games in December against elite teams. That and and we have a chance to get the one seed. How how does that sound? It's ex- it's exciting stuff, dude. And this is something we've been talking about all season. We've known we've talked about all year how we've had some big games throughout the season. We've had some opportunities we missed, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, something we've talked about in the ten episodes or whatever we've done together is that 
these are the three games when we learn about this team. Whatever's in the past is in the past now. Whatever we've said about this team that's in the past, who the hell cares? It's on the Dallas this week. It's on the Baltimore the week after, and then Buffalo. But it starts this week against Dallas. Meaningful football as a Dolphins fan. Don't get to see that very often. Don't get to say that. So all I could be is excited, dude. I'm very, very curious what we're about to see. and We're about to be able – we're going to have the opportunity to tell a lot about this team after this Sunday at 4.30. Well, the expectations have changed. And, you know, beating football to us Dolphin fans in like 2016 was let's beat the, let's beat Tyrod Taylor's eight and seven Bills in week 17 or seven and seven in week 16 to clinch a playoff, to clinch the sixth seed so we could go lose to Pittsburgh by 90. That, that was the standard. It's like, who even cares if we got blown out, you know, in the wild card round? We just want to be there. But now expectations have changed and, and it's very exciting. It's really exciting. Expectations have changed completely, Jack. I don't want to start saying words I shouldn't be saying about what I want to see from this team. But this team, I really feel like they do have the potential to make something special happen. But we'll we'll see, man. We'll see what they bring to the table these next three weeks. This team has the pieces to make something special happen. We've seen what they're able to do when they play their best football. We'll see how prepared they come this week and see how badly they actually want to make something special happen down here in Miami. Cause I can tell you, dude, I'm back home in South Florida and we're playing the Jets Sunday. And I was just in the Fort Lauderdale in, in Miami gardens around Boca Raton. And it's just like, there's some sort of buzz going on here, dude, that you don't get from the other sports teams. Like I've been a diehard Heat fan my whole life. Like we've said, like they've been on many runs throughout the time. Panthers have made some runs the past couple of years. Well, like who cares about Panthers hockey, but like, this town, this city, all of South Florida, Dolphins football is different. Like, everybody loves Dolphins football. Everybody's ready to go. Everybody's excited for this game. Everybody's, there's some sort of buzz going here that I really haven't felt in a really, really, really long time from being a Dolphins fan. It's something my dad always preached to me, how everybody here cares about Dolphins football. There's a buzz going around. People have an expectation. It's starting to finally feel like that. So I'm just, like, super excited that we're going to get to experience this, whether it's going to be for the good or bad. I think it's going to be for the good, but that's all you can ask for is for experience and opportunity like this, man. You can't ask for much else. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, everyone says Miami's a football town. And before we get into everything, because I do want to discuss the team, the schedule, the three games, the difficulty of the games, and we have some different opinions on how difficult the games actually are. But I actually just have to inform you, um, literally like 20 minutes before we start recording a video it surfaced earlier today, but I just saw Shannon Sharp was clowning Tua for saying, you know, Tua went to the podium and was clowning the media, saying that, uh, like, being sarcastic, saying, yeah, I'm the worst quarterback in the league. I suck unless Tyreek's out there. I suck unless Waddle's out there. I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be. So Shannon Sharp, who's been running his mouth on television for almost a decade now and getting paid to do it, got all upset that Tua spent 30 seconds clowning yeah. the people who say he sucks. Uh, so anyway, so then he's on with Orlovsky and Damian Woody talking about before Tua, um, you know, Tyreek, before T- Tyreek, Tua sucked. And before Tua, Tyreek was great. And Ty- and Dan Orlovsky's like, well, yeah, well, Tyreek was playing with Mahomes. Can you name three receivers um, that Tua <laughs> was playing with before Tyreek? Uh, you want to guess? He he got one. He, na- he named one name um that he was accurate about do you want, i'll give you one guess or i'll give you three guesses as to who it was three well, he probably named an absolute idiot like like a trent Sherfeld or like lynn bowden nope. nope uh one more guess yep jar ju- juice 
Uh, no, Sammy Parker was the name. The hell he was said that, that guy said he, uh, he meant Devontae Parker, but that's how, so that, that's who he was talking about. He said that Tua had Sammy Parker oh, before Tyree. Great, those great receiver. Th- those are the types of receivers that or those are the types of individuals that are clowning our quarterback. People who think he was playing with Sammy Parker in 2020. Yeah, um, making up names. But uh, so anyway, it's interesting. So we get into these three games. And look, you know, I say that every team in the NFL sucks. And I say that I say it on a comparative basis. I think compared to us, you look at the talent we have around and you look at like these upcoming contracts and we talk about who's going to get paid, who's not going to be pay- get paid. That's because there's so many guys who deserve big contracts on this team. I think outside of the Niners, across the whole NFL, um, and the Eagles, who are falling apart now, there's not a team that has the, that has the depth of talent that we have. And, um, you know, so these next three games, everyone's been saying, oh, these last three games are going to tell everything about the Dolphins. First of all, before the season, I know it's a little different. Everyone was saying the Dolphins' schedule to start the season is impossible. They're going to start 0-4. Obviously, now we've seen the teams play, but I think Dallas is really not that good. Like, I really, like especially after I watched them last week, but I really think they're not that good at all. Like, like really, they have a, they have a good O-line. Um, Dak, uh, Dak's all, like, after what he did this week, Dak just sucks in big games. I watched him sprint out of the pocket from clean pockets we, you talk about guys who hear footsteps. He imagines footsteps and runs away. Um, I think, like, CD, I think he'd be our number three. I think their offense isn't that good. Deron Bland is great. He has a lot of pick sixes. Um, But, unfortunately, what he's not having pick sixes, he's given up 200 yards and a half to receivers. And those receivers that he's giving that up to are not uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. They lost Diggs for the year. I don't think they've got Parsons, who's a stud. I don't think that they're that good defensively either. And I think that Dolphins are going to win pretty convincingly this Sunday. And then the narrative is going to be, yeah, well, the Cowboys aren't that good. The, the last two games are going to be really telling. And I don't think the Bills and Ravens are that good either. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Jack, 100%. Um, this is a Dolphins podcast, and we're going to probably dive a little bit more into Dallas later. But like we could, since you mentioned it, we could talk about them a little right now. I agree with everything you said. I think we're better in Dallas. I think they're in the same tier as us. We have the opportunity to prove that we're at a different level on them this weekend. I'm a person who gives credit where credit's due. So neither of them have proved anything to me yet. We'll see this weekend. I could put one a tier above the other if I really want to. But you're right. Like the Cowboys have always been a team. I've seen so many 12 and 4 Cowboys teams that have just lost meaningful games my entire life. So people are talking about how this Dallas team's different. CeeDee Lamb's great because he's good at fantasy football. And he's playing on numbers for people. Like, their defense is good because of their first-ranked fantasy defense. It's all these casuals saying nonsense. Stacks having his great year, throwing his dog crap. Like, I don't care. Like, they need to prove it first before I give the Cowboys respect. All they've done my entire life is lose big games. I'm probably, like, I shouldn't be saying this stuff yet. But, like, that's all they've proven to me. And this is a big game for them. Like, I think there's a little more on the line for our team personally, Jack. And the fact that we have a division that we still have to win, which is the Dolphins. They need to get over this hump that they haven't been able to win the AFC East ever. They have the opportunity to win the ones, get the one seed. They really have an opportunity to win some meaningful games come playoff time. Whereas Dallas right now, like, they have a little less to lose at this point in the season as their next hump is getting to a Super Bowl, getting to NFC Championship, which is our hump also. But we have a step to take prior to that and getting a signature win 
proving to ourselves that we can get a win like this. And you know what I'm saying? Stuff we've been talking about on and on and on again. So I feel like there's a little more pressure on us this weekend in Dallas, but it's another great opportunity for us. Well, that's where that's where greatness is. People play great under pressure. Great players. Special players make special plays in special moments. And, yeah, can I go and, back? Um, sorry, yeah, you, keep go going. you keep going. Well, no, I was I was just gonna say uh, you're right. It is a dolphin podcast, and I've spent the last the I spent the first twenty minutes bashing all the uh, dolphin and Tua haters, and took some shots of Bills and Chargers fans. So I'm down to get into some dolphins football. But before that, if you had something to say, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to go back on your media comment before about Shan Sharp and Tua saying that stuff in the press conference the other day because I find that stuff pretty interesting. I mean, none of this stuff matters what anybody says. It's more of an opportunity for Tua to show like how he handles criticism. He can say whatever the hell he wants. Anyone can say whatever the hell they want. Me and you both know this. The only it, it doesn't matter if he just backs it up and proves it. You can say whatever the hell he wants. Just go out on the football field. Win a game, shut everybody up, and who cares what everybody says? Just go out and do you. Stick to your identity. Stick to what you're good at, and who gives a crap what everybody says? It means nothing. Just back it up to it. Don't be saying all this nonsense and then actually prove that you actually do need all these guys to be great, which I don't think is true. I think he's more than capable. He has to back it up and prove it. It starts this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I've said I, – I agree to the extent that I – you know, we've talked about – when I was saying the season was over after we lost to Tennessee or like when I said I lost all confidence after Kansas City, doesn't matter what we say. You know, these games are going to be played and they go three and other next three games. No one's going to be able to say anything. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that Tua feels that he has proved it, that he could play and play in this league at a high level. And they did it this week without Tyreek. And I, and I think he was going after people who've been saying like, – it's not that people are saying Tua needs these guys to be good. People were saying that Tua is a backup. He shouldn't be in the NFL before this year. And they were saying when Tyreek got there, he wasn't going to be able to get Tyreek the ball. And then they were only good because of Tyreek. I think, and I think it's good. I think, I think it shows confidence. That's what Orlovsky and, and mainly Damian Woody was saying. This just shows how McDaniel really rebuilt this guy. Cause you remember, you know, he was sitting there saying, am I even good enough to play in this league? Because his coach um, hated him. Dude, positivity, positive comments from the media mean absolutely nothing. You, these players, it really shows their character and the type of player they are is when you ha- how you handle negative criticism. So we're going to learn from him. I agree with you. Tua's proven that – yeah, and I think he's proven that he's a capable quarterback in this league, but he still has some steps to take to be that guy we want him to be. But let's see how he handles this negative criticism. You could get – all this positive glory. Who the hell cares about positivity? That doesn't drive anybody. I mean, I'm not a football player. I'm not a professional athlete. But the only thing these guys drive off of, the different types of athletes, the different special types of players, they feed off of harsh criticism and negative comments. So that, that's just all you should want as a quarterback. Until you just want people to keep throwing this negativity at you. That's all you want. You want to prove them wrong, use this fuel. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And um and yeah, I guess yeah. When you're Justin Herbert and everyone's telling you you're the best quarterback of all time, uh, without you actually doing anything, you don't really have yeah. a lot to prove. No, you, you have no You have nothing to prove. Exactly, dude. It's the same thing. Like a guy like Josh Allen hasn't hit that hump yet, but it's only positivity from these guys, dude. From Herbert, it's only positivity. Like and all these guys, like they're held to this expectation. It's only positive comments. That's why I don't have that edge. I don't have that next drive, that next step. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you agree with me. I totally do, and yeah, no, it's good. If, if this is this is going to make Tua play well, not that he, I mean, he's been playing well, but if it fires him up, then good. Um, let's get 
Let's get into some Dolphins football. So, look, this was a huge win. And, you know, I, I just got really fired up right before the game. You were at the casino, and I was saying, like, all week we were talking about how we thought this was a game they would lose. Or yeah. And on top of all that, this is exactly the game that every Dolphins team we've watched, including last year's team, would have lost. Like, we watched – after they lost those three games to, you know, which was their big test last year, they went 0 3. You know, it was sort of, well, you finish off with Green Bay, New England, and the Jets. You know, everyone still expected them to win those games. And then they lost the two, the two next games. Um, and I think that it is the Jets, but this is the exact game that they would have lost. And it, and it shows a lot that how they could respond. Bradley Chubb, who you and I have been on, have been getting on a lot. And I think. As the year went on, I I, was, I started to give him respect. I was like, he is playing well. And then he screwed us last week. You could tell. If you watched the Hornocks episode, he looked pissed watching his film. He goes out. He's got three sacks. Now he's got nine on the year. Leads the league in forced fumbles. Like that's that that is that is what champions do. They have a terrible yeah. game, and, and, and then he has the best game he's had in a Dolphin uniform the next week. That's then and, and everyone played great. Tua was great without. Without Tyreek, Waddle has 142 yards on a touchdown. The defense was awesome. They they gave up like four yards in the first half. Um, and, you know, it was just a great performance to see. You, you know, everyone was wondering how they were going to respond. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect conversation to have. Like for this podcast and to talk about last game, this is the conversation that the Dolphins of the past – that we've watched our entire lives would go out and lose a game like that. They went go shut the team out and went 30 and nothing. I was really impressed by the, by their preparedness. I know the Jets aren't a great team. We've been talking crap about the Jets all season long. We know they're not very good. It's not easy to shut out a team in the NFL, especially coming after an emotional loss like they just did. On Monday Night Football, blown lead. I don't care who you are. That's not easy to bounce back from. I think that shows a lot about the coaching staff, leaders, and players in the team. That was big time. And going back, I loved how we, we stuck to identity that game. We were pushing the ball down the field. We're getting the ball up the middle of the field. We're running the ball and we should be running. We're getting pressure on the quarterback. We're doing these things that, like, we've seen be successful all season that they kind of resorted away from at times. And decided, oh, hey, we don't have Tyreek Hill. We're missing some of our O-line. We're missing some defensive players. Who cares? This identity works for us, and we're going to stick true to it. And that's what they did last week. They won 30 to freaking zero, dude. I don't care who you're playing. That's freaking impressive. I don't think the Dolphins have shut out the team. What, what was this? Years, probably. 26. Oh, no, 2020 yeah. to shut out the Jets. Oh, yeah, you're right. But still, it's not easy to shut out a team in the NFL. And I mean, going back to Chubb, like, me and you have been very, very critical of him all season. But that's for a reason. This guy gets paid $27 million a year to be an elite pass rusher. Like, we know he's a good player, but great players need to step up. And big-time moments when your team needs them most. When you're missing your guys, you need guys to step up and make big plays. So that's why we're really, really hard on him. Because sometimes this season, when he's had that opportunity to be a game wrecker and change the game, he's missed those opportunities. But last week, he showed up. He bounced back. He took that harsh criticism that he's been getting all year. He took that bad game and used his fuel motivation to have a great game. So let's keep seeing how they keep feeding off this negative energy. See how they piece together these week by week. Take the good things and keep on improving them and take the bad things away and really keep focusing on things in practice, fixing your mistakes. I don't know. I really liked what I saw last weekend, though. But, hey, it's in the past now, so who the hell cares? It's on to the Cowboys this week, man. No, yeah, it's in the past. Like, like 
And this is one of the things we talked about, especially during the five game stretch, uh, where I said I expect to be eleven and three. We're ten and four. I'm not impressed that we're ten and four. I wouldn't have been impressed if we were eleven and three. I expected to be eleven and three, and you know those games. And we it's kind of been going on all year. Uh, once we started out hot, um, and, and knew that this team had a lot of potential, uh, you know, to compete for Super Bowl. We, we look at the games against the Jets and Washington and the Patriots, and, we're, and we were saying there's not really a lot to talk about from these games. If there's something to talk about, that means that something went wrong. Like yeah. the only game with the, the, the you know, the most um, interesting pot episode we had was after they lost to the Titans because something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like the Raiders game, uh, I, th- I think you weren't on for the Raiders game, but that was, you know, Games like that where we won by a touchdown, it's like we can criticize them. When we beat the Washington, it was just like, oh, the whole team looked great. Um, and I think a game like this, yeah, you know, we've been talking about once we lost the Chiefs and we were six and three, the next time we're really going to find something out about these guys is when we play Dallas. And oh. I, I think that, you know, it's difficult to just blow every team you play out, no matter how bad they are. Uh, I, I wanted to. I, I thought they should be able to win all those games, and I and I still think they should have. Uh, the only team that you see really blowing teams out on a weekly basis is the is the Forty ers and mm-hmm. ever you know they're they've got a minus line to win the NFC. But I think this is exactly what you wanted to see. We, we've talked about a clean game, no stupid penalties. They run the ball well. They run the offense the way they want to run the offense. The quarterback is playing how he's supposed to play. This is the exact – the defense plays great. This is the exact performance that you wanted to get. Now it's in the past. Now we move on. Now we find out everything about the team. But this is the perfect springboard for going in the final three games of the season. Yeah, and I definitely don't think they are perfect last week against the Jets, but they did exactly what they needed to do to win convincingly and win a, win a very important game and show them that they're capable of still playing their type of football. So I think everything was perfect, but they look pretty damn good, dude. Yeah, and well, and the other part of it is we look at this and go, okay, the Jets are garbage, and the Jets are garbage, especially now with the you know the injuries they've had. Rod, I thought the Jets would be good with Rodgers. You didn't. We disagree. I thought they'd go like nine and eight, but whatever. The Jets team that played this week is garbage. But it's important to note that that's the that makes it more likely. That would make it more likely that past Dolphin teams would have lost. It's not that they would just lose. Like the Jets were some formidable opponent. Uh, you know, after their second AFC championship and whatever it was, 2010. Um, at, for, for the next 13 years, they were absolute guard. Geno mm-hmm. Smith came in and, and, and knocked us out of the playoffs in Miami in 2013. <laughs> that team was awful. Like, you know, they would all in 20, uh, I think it was 2017 week two. The Jets were supposed to be the worst team in the league. We got, we, we scored a touchdown on the last play of the game. And we lost like 20 to six. Devontae. Or Sammy Parker at a touchdown. So we lost to garbage Jets teams. Lost the Jets last year. I mean, we had Skyler Thompson, but so it, it doesn't take a good Jets team to beat the Miami Dolphins of 2022 and every other year of our lives. I don't know, dude. And we, we coming off a really emotional loss that could have passed off in teams. That's derailing their season for sure, without a doubt. No question in my mind. We talked about that and off. Like the response was really, really impressive. I, I don't care who you're playing. It's not an easy thing to do at any level in sport. It's just, it's not coming off an emotional loss like that. So that showed a lot to me, but I'm, I'm ready for the next, the next test this weekend. Something that we've been criticized on all year is not be able to win big games and beat good teams, but kind of building off that because I hate this topic so freaking much that we can't beat good teams. Yeah. We need to prove it. The three games we lost, like 
We lost on the road to Buffalo. Like that, people are acting like that's just like an easy game to win. Like we, we us, we like have an expectation to win that game because we've been optimistic all season long. You're coming in as underdogs. Vegas is making you underdogs, and you go to Philly playing a Sunday night football game against the Philadelphia Eagles, who were just in the Super Bowl last year. You lose. You're underdogs. You're not expected to win. The Chiefs game, they lost by a score. Again, they're underdogs. They're not expected to win. Yes, we would have liked them to see to see them win a big game like this that they weren't supposed to win. But like, they're not, people are acting like they just lost like by games. They haven't. They beat everybody they're supposed to outside of Tennessee. Like, it happens. Like, you lose a game like that every now and then. Like, they have an opportunity this year. Like, they've been amazing at home. They haven't played a lot of great football teams at home yet this season. But whenever they played somebody at home, they're taking care of business. So, let's see what they got. This is a game they should win. They're coming out as a two-point favorite. This is their game to win. They're expected to win this game. The other three games, people are just shitting on them for no reason. When like These are really hard games to win. We expected them to win, but those are not easy football games to win. They're competitive in two of the three of them. Well, and the other part is it's not just because people extended to last year. Um, and, and we were, and we were talking about it yesterday. But I said, uh, well, first I want to say the games we lost last year because again extending last year on the road in San Francisco, who was seven and one at home last year. Uh, on the road in Buffalo, who was they were either seven and one or eight and zero at home last year. And on the road against the LA Chargers, who made the playoffs last year and were six and two at home. So yeah. like it's not like we're losing. Like the the Steelers have been at, at over five hundred at various points this season. The Ravens beat the Browns on the road, starting Dorian Thompson Robinson. That's not who we were losing to. We lost to Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, um, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and the only quarterback that. Not everyone loves that we lost to was Brock Purdy, who plays for the Super Bowl favorites right now. So, yeah. um, and, and then so, like I think, yeah, Jared was saying he's like, oh, you guys haven't won a game in 480 days, whatever it is, against the winning team. I was like, yeah, that's also the last time we played a team with the winning record, and our in our home stadium. Who, by <laughs> yeah, the way, was the Buffalo Bills, and we won the game. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's a ridiculous point. Um, and, and no, and I totally agree, but um. Look, it is what it is. And I think when we're talking about what the Cowboys have proved and what the Dolphins have to prove, I think the Cowboys, the Dolphins have not proven anything yet, right? Like they've, but they, Cowboys have proved that they choke in big games. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that more. Uh, I'm sure that point will be brought up more. But um, how worried are you about the Buffalo Bills? Because this is something I want to discuss. I mean, I, we have differing opinions on this, kind of. Do I think the Bills are an excellent team? No. I don't think they're an amazing football team. That's not a team that we want to play the way they're playing football right now. They just got two huge wins in three games. They could have easily been three for three and won at Philly. They won in Arrowhead. And then they destroyed the Cowboys last week. So this seems rolling right now. And so this seems only proven to me that, like, the Dolphins really struggled them. We need to play this team at home, and I'm confident – it's not that I think the Bills are the best team in the league right now, which some people legitimately do, that they think they're the AFC favorites and they're going to come out of the AFC. But like, I just that's not a team I want to see at the end of the day. I'm not going to be confident if we're playing against the Buffalo Bills, like, oh, we're winning this game 100%. I don't think they're absolutely excellent. I think they're a good football team. I think they're better than what you give them credit to be. But I think it's just not somebody who I want to play, and I want to avoid. I, again, like, it's outside. I mean, we could beat them to end their season probably. And keep them out of the playoffs, but like, we'll see. It's not a team that you just want to avoid, dude, and you just don't want to have to deal with. 
Yeah, I mean, well, the thing it, with the Bills is this. Uh, the only reason I don't want to see the Bills, and, I, and I've said this on the podcast, is the Bills are a different team when they're playing us than everyone else. But I just want to – and I was saying this earlier. The Bills' incredible run was almost losing to Philly, who's 0-3 since that – or almost beating Philly, who's 0-3 since that game. Then it's beating Kansas City, who they won on an offsides call, which was the right call but had no impact on the game. Then this week they looked great. And, you know, you and I talked about this earlier in the week. They had 21 points on the first three drives, and it should have been three points. Did it make a difference in the game? No, they still would have won. But it just highlights how stupid the Cowboys are, getting roughing the punt passers on fourth down, getting roughing the punters on punt plays, their idiot coach not challenging clear fumbles, and you would have had the ball, and then they gave up touchdowns. Dak Prescott, I watched that whole game. Dak Prescott was garbage. The yeah. run defense w- was garbage. They kept showing Mika Parsons all sad. You want to talk about star players stepping up. I don't know where that guy was. I think the Cowboys are garbage. And I think that game in Week 18, I don't even think the Ravens are that. Who do the Ravens have? They've got Lamar. Uh, like Everyone's like, oh, Lamar, well, he's the best player. No, he's not. They've won one playoff game since they drafted Lamar six years ago. And their one playoff win was against Ryan Tannehill, who's a backup. And then the next week, they were down 10-3 to Buffalo on their – they had third and goal at the five, and Lamar threw a 99-yard pick six, and they lost the game 17-3. to That guy's mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I agree. There's a lot of unproven teams right now. That's why I'll never rule out the Kansas City Chiefs like we've been talking about all season. They're proven. You give credit where credit's due, dude. That's just how it is. You don't – make all this speculation and say, oh, like, they're going to do – if they do this, then this is going to happen. If this guy's healthy, then this will happen. Like, they're really the only proven team, I guess, like San Francisco, like, because Shanahan's been there, done that. Like, we're a proven team. Everybody else is unproven. They even show they're capable of making a bigger – all Dallas did this weekend, dude, this past weekend, is showing they're the same Cowboys, in my opinion. That's the same thing they do every single year where they beat themselves with penalties, bad coaching, horrible rush defense, and Dak being an absolute idiot. Like these Cowboys fans are talking about all season. This is, oh, this is a different team until this happens. It's not. It's the same freaking team as it always is. Like I have full-blown expectation that we're going to we're gonna mess these guys up this weekend. If we're playing our game, I'm 100% confident. But like I know we're going to talk about in a little bit, I'm sure, what we need to do to win. But I'm really confident in, in, in us taking care of business this weekend. I really am. If we, if we play our best game, I think our best game is better than their best game. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's like, you're going to have a pissed off Cowboys team coming in. Who cares? Who, who even is their number two? It's no, it's no, they don't know Brown. Who is their number two receiver? Cooks and Gallup. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of those guys. Yeah, so, so they're gonna have a, we're going to have a pissed off Michael Gallup coming into the stadium. Yeah, pissed off, oh, Mike, no. pissed off Mike McCarthy, like shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, Proven I mean, loser. Pissed yeah, off Gallup for shots. Yeah, <laughs> That team is so bad. Uh, yeah, no, backing up to the point about winning teams. It's like, with the Cowboys, it's like, it's how it works. We lost the Bills on the road. Yeah, Jared was saying yesterday, we'll win a road game. It's like, when you go on the road against the elite teams in the league, win at home. Like, we, we have one loss at home. It was a terrible loss. It was a historic loss. And uh, other than that, we've held serve at home. Um, I think our last year we lost one game at home with, with two as the starter. This year, uh, I think we're going to end up losing one game at home with two as the starter. Um, and I think we're we're playing nine games at home, so we're six and one. This will be the eighth game. And just like the Cowboys went to Philly, they lost. Philly went to Dallas, they lost. That's how it works. How That's it how works. it goes when two when two great t- teams play each other. The home team usually wins. The game. <laughs> 
some people can't wrap their head around that. It's pretty crazy. All people like to do is criticize and cause problems when you don't realize that winning on the road against good teams isn't easy. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and it's like all oh, the elite teams do that. It's like, no, you're saying the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. You're saying the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys lost when they played the Eagles on the road. The Eagles lost when they played the great Super Bowl contenders hold serve at home. That's what they do. So if you're playing a Super Bowl contender on the road, you're supposed to lose that game. If exactly. San Fran goes to, you know, if San Fran went to Kansas City, I wonder if they'd even be favored. If San Fran, they would not be favored. They would not. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and Kansas City hasn't been good. Obviously, you know, we know what they're capable of, but Kansas City hasn't been that good. But, yeah, so, so – and that's it. Look, I mean, most of our friends are just a bunch of angry Giants fans – you know, that are just upset. They're looking for some way to discredit the Dolphins, which I would do if I had to pretend that watching the Tommy DeVito show was enjoyable. Um, but it's not. Um, all right. With all that, um, we've got a huge game coming this weekend. And to preview that game, we are going to make history on the Fins with British podcast by bringing in two fans, two Cowboys fans for the first time. Zach Vino and Zachary Hodge. Zach squared as their eliminated fantasy football team is named. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Harold. Thanks for having me on, big guy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting the boys on. Tough loss in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, look, it it is what it is. Just a uh, dominant performance. Bobby, who I've actually been talking about uh, earlier on the show, is my fantasy partner, and. Uh, yeah, there's we exist in multiple worlds. Me and Bobby, when it comes to football, are friends when it comes to fantasy football, and, but not anything else. So, look, I have some things I want to say before we get into Cowboys Dolphins. Um, I think that it is objectively, I've never been a Cowboys hater. You guys know, I was telling you, I bet on the Cowboys in the 2020 playoffs or 2021 against the Niners. I stupidly bet on them in 2022. So after after last year, I was off the Cowboys train. This year, it just happens to be like a plus. Like now I, I've hated them ever since they lost in the playoffs last year. Um, and it, it's just a plus that two anti-Dolphin individuals are Cowboys fans. And uh, look, we were talking about this episode for a while. It's unfortunate you have to come on and you're in a rough spot. You have to defend them after a 31-3 to loss against a team that's not even that good. It's difficult to do. So uh, why should Jeremy and I be worried about the Cowboys this weekend? Yeah, so, I mean, the, that Bills game was rough. That's just, I think that's just a bad matchup for us playing the Bills. Josh Allen, I think, is 2-0, and overs, now 3-0 and overs back. I mean, I honestly wasn't real confident going into that game. Uh, on the road in Buffalo in the cold is tough. But I'm definitely, I definitely think uh, we have a, a way better chance uh, in Miami, warm weather. Uh, we definitely got exposed. Our, our run defense is, is terrible. Uh, can't, can't stop anything. But uh, as long as, I mean, the Eagles lost too, which was huge. So it was like nothing really, really happened uh, in terms of the division race. So as long as we went out, uh, which will be hard, we got you guys in the Lions. Uh, but yeah, it should be a real good game. The line's pretty much even, I think. I mean, now listen, like we, we were due for a loss. Like the, the Cowboys are known for, for playing really well. And then, and then just disappointing right when our hopes get up. I mean, we have the, the, the thing was that we haven't beaten a good team, whatever all year. And then we, 
took a shit on the Eagles. And then we laid an egg against the Bills. But I think that we're going to bounce back this week. Um, the Dolphins have not beaten a good team all year. And I think that's going to keep on going after this week. I think we're going to smack you guys. Yeah. Michael Parsons might have eight sacks. How about that? All right. Let me. Yeah, I saw your whole O-line was hurt, too. Yeah, let me hop in here real quick, branching off of Vino's comment there. This is something we talked about a little bit earlier in the episode about how the Cowboys, they've consistently, this is what they do our entire lifetimes. Like you guys are as old as I am, 23, 24 years old. I've seen so many 12 and four Cowboys teams. I hear the same thing every season, how this is a different Cowboys team. All of a sudden week 14 comes and you guys lose 31 to three and lose meaningful games. I'm not a Cowboys. I'm one who gets sucked into betting on the Cowboys every time because I think you guys are capable, but something a little bit different with you guys that's that than us. I think we're in a similar tier, which we're talking about before, teams who have not yet proved themselves, but I think we, you guys, like, this is a big game for you. You guys need to prove it to yourselves, but you guys, your next hump is making it to the Super Bowl. Like, the we've seen so many 12-4 and four Cowboys teams that have constantly let down America, let down the Cowboys fan base, and like, yeah, this is just another regular season game for you guys, in my opinion. You're trying to win a division. You're trying to win out. Yes, you're trying to do that. But your next step is winning a big-time playoff game, especially against San Fran or Philly. Whereas us, like me and Jack, we do have very high expectations for this team. We do have Super Bowl expectations, unfortunately. That's that's the type of team we think we have. But the Dolphins are more so looking again for that big signature win. We're yet to prove that we lose like really big playoff games, which the Cowboys have done our entire lives. So that's that, that's my take on that. And the Dolphins, like we were saying before, how we haven't been a good team yet. You're right. We haven't been a good team yet. yet. But those are all hard road games to win. Those are games we weren't expected to win. So now we get a team. We got a really good football team in our, in our home turf, which we haven't had that opportunity in two years. So we'll see after this week if that narrative shifts at all. But I don't feel like that's the most fair take to say is we haven't been anybody. Those are hard road games in Philly, in Kansas neutral in Kansas city and then in Buffalo. Those are not easy games to win. Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I think this game does mean a lot for both our teams, but yes. I kind of think it means more for you guys because like, I think the narrative, if we win, it's not really going to mean anything. Like, like you said, our next step is going far in the playoffs. Like we're going to make, we're both going to make the playoffs, but that being said, it, it is still a big game because it has huge home field advantage implications. Mm -hmm. I think both our teams um, like really need home field advantage in the playoffs. Like I don't see us going into Philly beating Philly. I don't see us going to San Francisco and beating San Francisco. I mean, to be honest, even if we played them in Dallas, I don't really see us be beating San Francisco. But I think the same thing goes for you guys. Like you guys play in Miami. You guys are used to that hot weather. Like you guys going into Baltimore on a cold night, especially with the way you guys play, throwing the ball all over. Like yes, you guys do have a really good run game this year, but throwing the ball over Tyreek. Like you guys. I know you guys aren't going to like this, but I like to think of you guys as like, a, as like a finesse team. And I don't really think that is going to travel well in the playoffs playing in somewhere like Baltimore and cold weather game. I think it's a very fair take. I agree with you. And Jack does as well. This Dolphins team needs home field advantage. They do. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry for speaking for you, Jack. Like, yeah, if we're a two or three C that, yeah, I do believe that we could win a big football game in the playoffs. I do. Obviously your chances are are much greater when you're playing a home game in your home turf. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, I think this, everyone likes the, first, like a lot of people just listen to Cal Colin Coward, who's an idiot and talks and he says things like, Oh, the dolphins are a speedboat. I think we're one of the most physical teams in the league as much. As I hate Raheem Mostert because he fumbles all the time. And I think 
I've said Alex Andrew Madison as an example. He could put up 20 touchdowns in Raheem's role, but he runs hard and we've got good blockers up front and they're all, I think Robert Hunt practiced this week. Um, so we're going to, we're going to have three of our, we're going to have three of our starting linemen and yeah, they, they run hard. We, I, I think we're first in rushing the league. Maybe we're second and defensively. I think we're, we're top five in sacks. Like we, we have a physical line and we have a physical D line. So I think that's why I think that's why we're Super Bowl contenders. It's Stop. we have your D line sucks. That's not true. What are you talking about? D line's awful. Yep. Yep. Just just that's expose that Phillips injury is kind of big. It's huge, but Bradley Chubb has nine sacks. Yes, yeah, that, that, right. that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a huge deal for you guys that Bradley Chubb has nine sacks. Bradley Chubb's an elite pass rusher. He's been yeah, his what, career. What, what do you mean it's a big deal? Fumbles. Wait, so Chris, you still don't think the Bills are good? <laughs> nope. I I would say I was saying this earlier. I was so saying you, the Bills. You're, you're confident playing the Bills in the playoffs. Well, I told I've been saying I've said this to you also. I said the Bills always play well against us, so I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. Like if they played how they did against the Broncos or yeah, the they Jets, beat or the anyone. Bay- uh I mean, well, yeah, but everyone's terrible. They can't beat San Francisco. Yeah, I think I think they could. I think they're one of the only teams that could beat San Francisco. What is your what is your guys' deal with like how how to win like if you guys win two of the next three games, you win the division, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have us, the Cowboys, then you have the Ravens, then you have the Bills, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you guys yeah, are the so Cowboys, but yes, I know what you were saying. It's likely going to come down to that last game against the Bills, like if you guys split your next two games against two of the better teams. Yeah. Are you, are you nervous about that at all? I'm the DraftKings lines are, are, are moving. <laughs> Look, I've, I've had my eye on the DraftKings lines, and I noticed that. I think it's going to be similar – yeah, I think we're, we've moved from – we were like minus 3,000. Now we're minus yeah. 280. Last week we were 400. Uh, yeah, look, I was just looking at it. The way I see it, in 2020 when we were up and coming in the Bills, that was the year they like really, really arrived. Um, we were two games behind them with like five or six games left, and we played them last week of the season in Buffalo. And that's what it, you know the conversation was. You, we just need to get up, you know, one more game on them in the next five weeks. The last week is the division championship. And I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, so the Bills ended up; um, they won all the game. The, they won all the games leading up to that game. So the Bills had already locked up the division, and we needed to win to get in the playoffs. And they blew us out. I see the same thing happening. I think I think we're going to win the next two games, and I think the Bills are going to win the next two games. So that would be that game is going to be us. We're going to be playing for the first round by, and they're going to be playing for a playoff spot. And we're going to smoke them in Miami, and they're going to be out of the playoffs. That's my prediction. It's a bold prediction out of you. Yeah, when talking about Jack, we, we actually talked about this in the earlier segment because I'm actually I, – I hate the Bill. I don't think they're excellent, but it's not a team anybody wants to play in the playoffs. No. I agree. I think they're a phenomenal team. I think Jack's a little crazy by saying that this is a team that he hasn't – I don't know he said – he admits that they play great against us, but – this is a team that you, no, nobody wants to play, especially the Dolphins. The Dolphins, they, we, we need to win this division. They need to figure it out. Yeah. And the Dolphins need to miss the playoffs. And I think we're all aware of that. That's a pretty obvious take, in my opinion. Do I think we're capable of beating the Bills in the playoffs come time if we had to? Of course. Home field advantage does really help in that factor. Us playing in, in Buffalo, that hasn't always trended so well in the past. But, yes, I do think we're capable. But hopefully that situation just avoided as a whole. Yeah, no, the Bills could could beat anyone. They could lose to anyone. I mean, exactly. obviously, but 
No, that's fair. I would say that, like, I'd rather, like, if you're asking, I would rather play the Colts than the Bills or the Steelers or whatever. All those wild card Obviously. teams, I think, are worse than the I mean, Bills. Those teams are garbage. Yeah. Even, well, that's the thing. It's like the NFL, it's a down year. Like, I don't think I'd rather play probably the Bills than the Jaguars, or I'm sorry, the Jaguars than the Bills, even though the yeah, Bills. There's not that many. Good the teams. Jaguars. But I don't think this is what I've been saying about the Bills. They're like, they were, they had an impressive game last week. And this, and this was one of the things about the Cowboys. Like, I don't watch a lot of Cowboys football, but the game, like, and it's like how, you know, the Dolphins have always played well, have played poorly on primetime. So anyone who watches the Dolphins mostly season on primetime is going to think two is not that good. Same with like the Cowboys. Like I watched that whole Bills Cowboys game and I was rooting for the Cowboys, obviously. Um, And in your first three drives, they should have had three points. They got, you guys got called for roughing the passer roughing the punter Mike McCarthy's blind and didn't challenge the fumble so and then I think that's the Bills most impressive win their second most impressive win in this run is against the Chiefs where they won because of an offsides call and their third most impressive game is losing to the Eagles who are 0-3 I don't think they're that talented they have Josh and Diggs who's obviously they're both studs but I don't think they have that much outside of it whereas we have Tua and Tyreek and Waddle and then we How have about a when lot they beat you else. by 28 yeah, I told you. We took the week off. We just dropped 70. We were feeling ourselves. It was early in the season. Yeah, I don't even know if I would consider that, like, an impressive win by the Bills. I think it was more of just the Cowboys playing, like, absolute shit. Like, Josh Allen, I think he com- – what did he complete? I think, like, eight passes or something like that. Yeah, they just ran it. When I, when I play – he's our fantasy quarterback. When I play you, um, he throws eight passes. They're not going to be running for – James Cook is not going to be running for 250 yards against every team. It's just the Cowboys being soft, Mike McCarthy being moron, not being able to get his team together like usual on a, in a big-time game. Like, James Cook is not going to be running for 250 yards against against every team. Like, they're going to have to put the ball in Josh Allen's hand and have him throw the ball. And when they've done that this year, when they've been forced to be one-dimensional, just have the team on Josh Allen's back, he's been turning the ball over. So, like... You're right. I agree with you, Bino, and what you're saying. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like ever since, I don't know why I'm backing up the Bills here and Josh Allen. I sound like an idiot because that's not what this podcast is made for. But ever since they made that OC change, like Allen's been playing a lot less hero ball and they've really been running the ball tremendously. Like I've happened to watch the Bills a little bit because me and Jack obviously need the Bills to lose games. Like it looks like a really different Bills team that we saw earlier in the season with this new offensive coordinator change. They're playing keeps- more comfortable and conservative football. Like everybody keeps saying that, but I think their record's what two and two with this new guy. They won, I think. Games. They won big games though. Who they they beat us? They lost to the Eagles, and who else did they beat? I don't, I don't remember. Chiefs on an offside call. Chiefs. Yeah. They won. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm backing up the, the Bills. They're vulnerable. And going back to that point with you guys just, like, not showing up, I know you guys both know this, but, like, that just proved to me that these are the same Cowboys of old. Whenever you think they're different, they're not. They lose 31-3 to because of dumb mistakes and then beating themselves. Poor coaching, bad penalties, mistake and turnover driven. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm sick of seeing Micah Parsons, like, Honestly, the whole team, they just have a horrible attitude. When they're losing, Micah Parsons has his palms up to the sky complaining. CeeDee Lamb's running routes, moping on his way back that he's not getting the ball. Like, I wouldn't even consider – I wouldn't even put that game on Dak. He had absolutely no time. Okay. Zach Martin got hurt on, like, the second drive of the game, didn't come back. It's their best offensive yeah, line. Yeah, that was big. Um, Like, yeah, like, everybody is always, like, Dak sucks, Dak this, Dak that. I would not put that game at all on Dak Prescott. <laughs> There was one – this is what I – I forgot to say this when I was 
talking about the game. There's one play I saw by Dak where it was just a clean pocket. And Jeremy and I were talking about this earlier. He literally just ran – like, it wasn't even that he heard footsteps. He, like, imagined them. And he just sprinted outside the pocket when he didn't have to <laughs> and then threw an incompletion. That was when I was like – like, those are the things you can't do. And that's quarter quarterback play in general. These guys who, like, Josh Allen, Herbert, who make all these crazy throws, it's like – most of the time when you're sprinting out of the pocket, it doesn't result in a crazy throw. And, yeah, obviously Zach Martin was a big loss. I think he's playing this week, so. Yeah, that would be big. Is, Ty, is Tyreek playing 100%? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. He practiced today. Yeah, Tyreek, he's play. my guy. He looked he like he could have played last week. I mean, yeah, he was my he guy. He threw us over in fantasy. Absolutely. You know how it works. <laughs> Harold, you got, a, you got an easy win last week. You guys got so lucky. Yeah, I mean, I know Jeremy's going to be pissed if I win the league. That's all I know. You, um, this isn't for this podcast. You're you, you're a disgrace to our fantasy football league. It's embarrassing. You're actually in the league. I love you, and you're my you have the, you're the smartest football minds of all time. But um, your fantasy football <laughs> enthusiasm and engagement in our league is quite embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I actually found out about the entry fee uh, two weeks ago, and not now I, my interest level has risen. Picked up Zamir White last week. He he dropped 15 on our bench. I'm happy for you, Jack. Congratulations. Thanks, man. How do you, uh, you guys – Yeah. How do you, how do you think that your corner your corners are going to match up this week against against our wide receivers and, 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 Fer, and Ferguson? Is X playing for it? Uh, I think he practiced today. Did he? Yeah. Oh, that's a huge matchup. I mean, Vino, like, it's all dependent on how we're going to contain Parsons and how healthy our offensive line is and how we're going to stop him. Like, it is every single game when you play the Cowboys. That's the focal point you prepare against. Then you obviously have to go against your speed on the outside, your receivers. So I, me and Jack already talked about this in the last podcast. So I think, I think you guys have a good receiving core. I don't think it's as good as people – give credit to personally. Like, I think there's a lot of better receivers than CeeDee Lamb in the league still, but he's still a very, very, very good receiver and somebody that could win you a game. But I think we have the guys who are more than capable of containing your receivers. And, like, if, if Javon's playing, Brandon Jones is starting to get healthy again. Like, Ramsey's been a stud since he's came back. Xavier Howard's not the same player he used to be, but he's still pretty freaking good. He has his moments. Like, if there's our secondaries playing their best football, I'm, I'm extremely confident in what they could do. Who do you think has better who name five teams that have a better receiving core than than the Cowboys? Um, let's do it, Jack. The the Dolphins. Yep. The Bengals. Yeah. Yep. 49ers. Yeah. Yep. 49ers Eagles. do. The Eagles do. That's four. Eagles are um, questionable, but sure. Hey, would they, you say the the Lions? No. I think That's it's close. Are you are you including Jake Ferguson? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so the Lions is close, right? Amon Run CD are close. Ferguson and Laporta, I think Laporta's better. And then outside of that, I think that CD I mean, Lamb no is better really than else. Om CD Lamb is, is better yeah, than Amon. He's Ron way better. Than yeah, Lamb. they're different receivers, but I agree with you. Yes. Uh all right. So we're looking we're looking for a fifth uh fifth team. Uh I mean you guys could be number five. And no without with, without Joe Burrow, like you I wouldn't even the Bengals, you can't even really count. Well, that's not it. Well, you're saying receiving core. Um, Ra Ra Rams, maybe? The Rams. Yeah, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are dirty. 
That's it. Look, but you guys do have you guys junior skill players are nice. Don't get me wrong. Like it doesn't matter whatever I say if I think other teams have better. Like it just matters how good you are on your team. Like that's the only thing yeah. that matters. I mean, I think that I think what this game is gonna come down to is our is our defense against your offense. And I think it's gonna start with us stopping Raheem Moster and a and chain. Like if you guys are able to run the ball like the Bills were against us last week, it's gonna yeah, be it's gonna be a long game. But like I if we're able to, if we're able to make you guys one dimensional and really focus on Tyreek and and Waddle, I think that's our only hope. But like I said, if you guys are running the ball down our throats and then we start stacking the box and then you're leaving Tyreek Hill one on one with Stefan Gilmore, who's obviously lost a step as he's fifty five years old, <laughs> it's just going to be a complete shit show. Um, well, so I think a lot comes down to the coaching staff and kind of watching film on what the Bills did to completely dissect our defense last week. And hopefully they're gonna make the changes needed and and be able to stop the run and then get down get get into third and long situations and have the best pass rush in football get after Tua and maybe kill him. <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, just on the receiving point, and then yeah, I'll get I'll get into some stuff about the game, but I think there's a big drop off. Like yeah, like you guys are probably you guys could be five. You guys are right there, but like I think the difference between like. Oh, receiving core with Tyreek and Waddle and with Chase Higgins and um and Boyd. Tyler Boyd and yeah and Di- and not Diggs uh, and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith Puka I also forgot to mention uh, Minnesota they probably have a better receiving core as well Holy yeah God. yeah no yeah yeah they do Jefferson and Addison even though Jefferson yeah, just, yeah I mean Jefferson just wears sweatshirts and stupid sunglasses he doesn't actually play football anymore <laughs> but like um, Jefferson and Chase don't play. Yeah, they're just yeah, the guys like that are clowns. Like their quarterbacks not play, especially Jefferson calling. Like, how do you name your top five quarterbacks and not name Kirk, who's your quarterback, in the top five? Like, even if he's not yeah, top that's five, crazy. Like Tyreek, when he got traded to the Dolphins and two, yeah, was he was saying two is better than 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 Mahomes. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he's the most accurate quarterback in the league. Kansas City was holding him back. Jefferson just like, yeah, Kirk, not top five. That's wow. what you should be saying to your quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think that first of all, I love Jake Ferguson. Um, he's a yeah, dog. He's yeah, all he dog. Is. And I, that's not. I, I hope we have Javon Holland for him. Um, I, I really do because he, because he's a monster. Um, but I think that a big, a big um key to this game is going to be, and uh, yeah, I don't think Javon Holland practiced today. Um, a big key to this game is going to be. Early on, I think you guys are not super comfortable playing from behind, especially because the run defense isn't great. So yeah. I think uh, – obviously, look, both our coaches, everyone does this. I don't know why. are probably going to defer. But I think whoever wins the coin toss should take the ball. And I think um, an early lead on either side would be huge. I think I think it would be like full disclosure. I think we're a better team. I think we're more capable of coming back from a big lead just because of how our offense, you know – of how explosive our offense is. But I, I think if we go up early and we can just run it, you know, our run game has been great and your run defense hasn't been great. I, I think it's going to cause some problems for you guys trying to come back all game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, think... you're right. A hundred percent. But I mean, we, we've, we've really only had like eight bad quarters of football other than those two blowouts versus the Niners and uh, the bills who are sick teams. I mean, we, we've been, we've been unreal all year. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully we don't show up like we did last week. Hopefully, there's no 
crazy injuries on the first drive, like Zach Martin going out. That's obviously huge. And, and hopefully he plays, which which is going to be huge. I know him and, and Tyron Smith, too, is also on the um, injury report. That, that's definitely big. Tyron Smith hasn't not been on the injury report. Since yeah, that, guy's, that, that guy gets guy's... hurt. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> So it's a shame that we that we lost what was that week three or four whatever to the Cardinals. Like if we didn't lose that game, we would be sitting pretty right now. Yeah, that was, that was a such a bad loss. loss. And then if Dak didn't step out of bounds on that two point conversion, we would have beat Philly. Like I know it is a bunch of what ifs, but no, you're right. But you can look back at all these teams in certain situations and say, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? Yeah. Living the moment now and win football games when you need to win football games. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that Seahawks win was big. Yeah. We would have been out of it. That is home stretch, December football now. Anything can happen. You take care of business. You can only do what you can do, right? That's correct. That's correct. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is when everything gets real, especially for our teams. You know, all the narratives and all that. These guys can't do this. That's the great thing. Everyone, we all find out in the end who's right and who's wrong, and, and it's gonna all. It all starts this week. The Eagles just need to lose one game if you guys went out. Yeah. If, if we went out, they went terrible. out. It's, if we went we, out, we, we get it. No, no, no. It's it, I think it goes by strength of schedule, so they don't know. Like everybody has to finish their games, and then like I guess whoever played against more teams that want, like whoever played against teams with better records, I think gets it. I think that I think I was reading, and that's what it is, which is the stupidest the thing. Eagles have a cake walked the next three games. I thought it goes head-to-head record, division record, conference record, it and then strength. It does, but we're tied in all those. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Wait, who's your last? It says you're 4-1 in the division. Oh, Washington, and then they would be 5-1 and one also. Yeah. Well, they have to oh, play about- two games against the Giants, but like I don't really see the Giants beating them. They have two games against the Giants and no, one against the Cardinals. That one terrible. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, they, they I mean, lost look, like Kyler's six back. games in a row. The who the Eagles? Yeah, no, I'm saying like if they could have lost that game easily to the Bills and to the Chiefs and, before, that. and the game before that to us, and to the Commanders too. Like they've been in real close games, and to the Dolphins even that game was close. So I'll get yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're falling apart. We didn't even have – that was the bit. Like, obviously, everyone's injured, but we didn't have Ramsey that game. That was the last game we missed. And we've had the number one scoring in defense. Yeah, you guys are definitely Ramsey came back. with Ramsey. I'm excited to watch Jalen Ramsey play. Honestly, I always talk out my ass and talk shit to you guys and say, like, he's watched up, all this, all that. But like, I, don't, I don't really watch him. I haven't – That guy's a beast. I haven't really I watched him. I'm excited to see him. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy – I don't think he's lost a step. This game, this game is going to be fun, fellas. That's one thing I think we could all agree on is that we're expecting a fun football game. Yeah, I'm excited. The outcomes is going to be a good freaking football game that we've been looking forward to all season. A lot of big personalities out on the field, too. Yeah. The problem with our teams is we got too many. Like, I'm podcasting. We're all on this podcast, but we all work office jobs, and we're not getting paid to play football. You got – Mika Parsons going on there after 31-3, talking about the media's clouding him. You got Tyreek playing Fortnite on these podcasts. That's what I say. It's like imagine yeah, this like going it. on. Like uh, imagine the Ravens lost 40 to nothing. And then in, in like 2009, and then one of the players just went on a podcast. Imagine what Ray <laughs> Lewis would do to the guy the next oh, day in practice. Parsons said I, it was like week 10 or something like that. And the, and the Eagles were like were nine and one or whatever. And they asked Parsons for his his power rankings. And I don't remember what his 
he, it was one to five. And I don't remember what his two, three, four, five were, but his number one was the Eagles. And he's like, they're a powerhouse, man. Like they don't have any, they don't Crazy. have any weaknesses. Like, dude, you can't be saying that. No, that's not. <laughs> Didn't he say, he was saying last year, like go win the Super Bowl for our division about the Eagles. He's yeah, like tweeting he that. that. He's also from, he's, he's from, from Philly. Yeah. yeah. He's from that area, but like still. Yeah. The problem with Mika is like, I don't like yeah, I don't like I don't like that he's going on these podcasts. And this is a little bit of a bold take, but he's I think he, I don't know if he still is, but before last week he was the favorite to win Depoy. I don't understand that at all. I think he's kind of had a disappointing season. Like he yeah, is getting, he not he is getting double teamed and triple teamed every snap and held and everything, but I don't know. I don't think he's really been wrecking games the way he was like his his rookie year and last year. Compared to someone like Miles Garrett, whose team's literally eight and five only because of him. Yeah, that guy's better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Parsons is just like to... a complainer. Like, like, like last. He doesn't week... even play like first and second downs a lot. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I love him. He's unreal. Obviously, anyone would kill to have him on the team. But like, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a a complainer. Hey, it's twenty twenty three now, fellas. Like these guys all have personalities now. We look back at these old guys who are all dogs. Like sports just aren't built like now like that now. It's different. Like those are the people that are really different who still have that mentality. I'm a huge proponent of that. It's just like uh it's the era, it's the era that we're in now where these guys are trying to build brands or so outspoken they're not as locked in. But like you're right. Like he gets double but all he does is Parsons. He he does he does produce. So when he says this stuff is a little annoying but he still shows up every Sunday and he plays football same thing with Tyreek like me and my friends were talking about yesterday like he was on Twitch for nine straight hours nine <laughs> trying to like get tagged making videos of him killing Peely and stuff like obviously like he's that's not six like, kids that's not, and he has seven kids but like that's not the stuff you want to be seeing but all this guy does is produce it's great <laughs> yeah, I, I don't all know what it is 30 fantasy points <laughs> right I don't know what it is with Dolphin players, but they're always having problems with girls off the field, like Xavier Howard before the season. Especially, like, why now? Like, why why are they having these problems? And, You're like, in like Miami, in bro. You're in Miami. Well, I'm just saying, like, in 2015, when the Dolphins were going 6-10, and 10, none of the players were having these issues. Actually, maybe that's why. Um, but... Uh, what was I just gonna say? Yeah, that's, that's the problem with Mika and Tyreek doing these podcasts. It's like who's gonna first of all, if you're on the Cowboys, not only is Mika your best player, but he could probably beat everyone on the team in a fight. Tyreek probably can't beat everyone in a fight on the team, but he could be like, Yeah, I mean, I'm just the best player in the league. So who's gonna say something to these guys? Like, there's no there's no Ray Lewis that could say, like, hey, like I'm better than you. Demarcus will... Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence is low key that guy for the Cowboys. He's a he's like a he's like an old timer, hard, hard nosed. Dog. Like, yeah, he's like I'm surprised he hasn't gotten in part like I, I know you can't really anymore, especially Parsons, how good he is, but like I'm surprised he hasn't gotten in Parsons Parsons' face and been like, dude, wake up. You can't be doing that shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um all right. Uh this has been fun. So uh before before we go, uh both Zach's. What's the uh what are the score predictions for this Sunday's game? Uh, um I think it's definitely gonna be a shootout. I'm gonna go with thirty eight to twenty seven cowboys. I, I like I like I like Cowboys twenty eight, Finns twenty three. Under under barely hits. What is oh, the over under? Fifty. 
I thought I saw forty nine. It's it's different everywhere. I don't know. You would know better than me. Oh, oh, you're 52 at the, oh, you're not, yeah. I think it is 50, yeah, so maybe the over barely hits. I'm seeing 49 and a half. Well, I was seeing. Yeah. Which uh, what, what, what is your two? I, th I thought it was higher. What is your score predictions, Harold? You got me, me, me and Jeremy are going to stay on uh, for, for a bit, talk a little more. We're, we're going to give our predictions at the end. Um, but, um, yeah, I think 28-23 is a little more fair than the one you gave, you know, 38-27. Uh, any closing remarks for either of you before uh, – we yeah, out. I got a question. Have you been watching the uh, Hard Knocks? I have. Braxton Berrios is uh, dolled up with his girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's what do you saying, think of, uh, you like that, Harold? Of course. It's a great look. What's not What's not to like about it? I don't know. I saw a video Those on TikTok today. I saw a video on TikTok today of him walking through the design district in a in a Bottega bag that was that was bigger than that little midget. Well, good thing he's yeah. our fifth receiver. I hear they're calling him eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? Because <laughs> he was tweezing his eyebrows with, with his girl. <laughs> he That's cute. Well, That's yeah. what you guys want. That's what you we're want. just we're just jealous of him, right? Yeah, I think yeah. That's how unfortunately. I wish I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Yeah, I need to, I need to catch up. But I think probably just... gonna. This is gonna. This is gonna be Braxton Barrios' stat line. He's going to um, be on the field for – I think we're going to punt the ball four times, and he's going to have four fair catches. That's that's exactly what it's that If you guys punt the ball four times, we're going to win. If you guys punt yeah, four times. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Parsons, Parsons is going to absolutely destroy Tua. He's going to blindside him, and Tua is going to fumble. And, and never play again. Marcus Lawrence is going to return it to the house and do a crazy celebration. That's my that's my bold With prediction. Bold prediction is you gotta do a crazy celebration. A crazy celebration. I'm, I'm not, allow, I'm not allowed to say what the celebration is gonna be on this podcast. It wouldn't be politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's a crazy prediction that Mika Parsons is gonna do a crazy celebration. No, 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 yeah, no, my no, 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 no. He's not gonna do it. Demarcus Lawrence is gonna do it. He's gonna wreck Tua. Uh, He's gonna wreck Tua. Be laying on Tua and Demarcus. While Demarcus Lawrence is doing a crazy celebration in the end zone. I I bet I bet Mika Parsons does not get a sack. Eh, yeah, yeah. Eat the words, Harold. I'll take that bet. Yeah, I probably wouldn't bet on that. But I bet his sack is like uh like it's one of those deals where Tua like it, it's a quick Runs pass. No, no, it doesn't run into him. Like someone misses a block and like Tua goes down and Parsons like dives on top of him and gets credit for the sack. And Hand um up. Yeah, yeah, one of one of those. I, I, I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna lay him out, but uh yeah. Zach and Zach, uh, it was great having you guys on. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, big Harold. Thanks, Beast. That was that was a fun conversation. First time uh with the two on two. Uh and yeah, now Jeremy and I will get into some keys to the game. Let's do so, it. That was, that was a fun segment. That was fun. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I think it would have been more uh it would have been more excited. There would have been more fireworks had the Cowboys won last week. But um They needed yeah. to be humble a little bit. Well, it's just yeah. I mean, it's hard to like like when we came on here after we lost to Tennessee. It's it's hard to say good things about your team when when you have a really really bad loss like that. Um, 
obviously different. Like we lost to Tennessee by one, but Tennessee is terrible. The Bills are good, but they lost by 90. So it's, you know, but both of them are bad losses. But uh, yeah, let's do it. So look, we 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 discussed um we discussed it a little bit with them. I, I do think a big key is getting the lead early. And we've talked about this. We talked about this in the Eagles game. I don't know why we defer. Um, look, our defense is better now, right? Like against Philly, that was when our defense was garbage. That was pre-Ramsey. But I would like to start off this game with a lead. Yeah, 100%. I can't agree with you anymore. Like you said, the Cowboys are a team that could struggle playing from behind. Like, come out up two scores to start a big football game like this, that can make all the difference in the world. That's easy to say, but I agree with you completely. Yeah, I mean, they're, I, I'm assuming they're going to have Zach Martin back. Um, but... Like, you know, we were talking about, like, like they don't know. Our, our D-line's great. Our O-line is good. Um, I don't think Robert Hunt practiced today, actually. Um, but there's a, there's enough there where I, I really think that people don't um, – pe- people don't realize how physical of a team this is. And, and I think this is the perfect week. Again, you know, narratives really don't mean anything at the end of the day. But this, this is the perfect week to prove you're a physical football team. 100%. Like you said, like, who cares what other people think? I agree with you. This team, that just because what they're known for is is their speed and skill and their finesse. That's what people see them for. That's what the fantasy football players see them as. But you're right. I agree with you. This team happens to be pretty freaking physical. And that, that this is what the games rely on. Every football game is relying in the trenches. Like, we know that. We're not, I'm not the biggest football – like, I'm a big football fan, but, like, I never played. But, like, that's one thing that that's, like, football one-on-one. Like, the games are won in the trenches. And, like – this entire game is relying on like a banged up O line and how they're going to contain arguably the best pass rusher in the league. Like, I'm really, really curious to see the scheme that they come out with, especially with these replacements and how they're going to limit Parsons. That that's everything. If our quarterback has time to do his thing, he's not panicking. He's not forcing bat, forced to make bad decisions and tough decisions. He's not. He's getting put in the right situations to succeed. I really don't see how we could lose this football game, Jack. I really think that's all it is. I do. No, yeah. And that's what, you know, one of the things we're talking about is I, I think we're a lot better than these other teams out there. Like, I, I think we have a lot more. Like, the Cowboys are known for their pass rush because of Mika Parsons, and I, I'm looking at it right now. They're 11th in the league in sacks. We're second in the league in sacks. J, no. JP was obviously a huge part of that. He's gone. But AVG stepped up. Ogba stepped up. But, like, Vino's out here talking about, bro, what are you, like, nine sacks is a big deal to you? We, we got the second most sacks in the league behind the Ravens, who everyone talks about as if they're the 85 Bears. Emmanuel Ogle's got five sacks, and he's got – since uh, Phillips went down, he's got three and a half in the last four games. Five sacks, and he's probably played 25% of snaps this season, if that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Wilkins and Sealer up the middle. Like, our, our, our D-line is one of the best in the league without Jalen Phillips. Yeah, that was a funny take before when they were saying that. Before, they are just like, no, you're wrong. No, we watch every single game. <laughs> they have a lot to prove this team, but one thing I will say is the D-line has been pretty freaking good as of late. No, yeah, and actually, I was wrong. I'm looking at the injury report now. It's, they actually just added it to the website uh, for Thursday's practices. They had, um, practice was earlier today, but Javon Holland actually did practice. They, everyone on the injury report practiced except for Robert Hunt, so he probably won't be playing. Austin Jackson, who I, I think will play, he played last week, and Mostert was obviously going to play. He's he's listed as knee-slash-ankle-slash-bet-rest. That's on par for him. So everyone's going to play – Probably except for Robert Hunt. And again, like our O line, it's like our our three guy or our four guys were Connor Williams, Armstead, Austin Jackson, 
and Robert Hunt. Williams out for the year, and Robert Hunt's not going to play. But as far as if Austin Jackson and Teron Armstead playing, Mika Parsons comes off the edge. Their D tackles do not scare Dude. me nearly yeah. as much as Mika Parsons does. Dude, Ajax has to play. Like if he if he's there, like you're solidifying like that. That's his matchup, and like everything else, those guys, it's like all team camaraderie and them playing together, communication, cohesiveness. But like that's his matchup. Austin Jackson needs to play. Like we just pay them middle of the season for a freaking reason. Like if he doesn't play, like. I'm a little more concerned. He he has to play on Sunday. That's a huge thing to look out for. I didn't know he was on the injury report. No, yeah. I mean, it says McDaniel's confident that he's going to play, and I got to assume he will. I mean, especially in a game like this. It's not like like the last couple weeks. I hope they learned the lesson against the Tennessee. It seemed like guys that were on the edge didn't play, even against the Jets. Like, if, we're, if, if this was the Bills game, if last week they were playing the Bills, it was the last game of the season, you know Tyreek's playing. Um and I think everyone's going to play this week except for Robert Hunt, who's actually injured. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're banged up. Everyone's banged up at this, at this, you know, point in the season. And that's why the bye is so big. And if we didn't lose to Tennessee, um, we would be two wins. We would clinch the division if we won this week. And, you know, we would clinch the bye next week. We'd have two weeks off, which, you know, that would be huge. But can't go back. And all like that matters so much. We're not the only banged up team in the league. Every team thinks they're the only banged up team in the league at this stage of the season, but everyone's banged up and, and guys who aren't on the injury report are hurt too. And and, and it's massive, man. Like we got to, it's not just about getting home field. It's about the week of rest. No, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I don't know. We'll see if we can we control our own destiny, dude. There's worse positions to be in. They could have set themselves up a little better at this point in the season, but what can you do now? And they're still lucky enough to um control their own feet at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, before the season, if you know we were both given the option, three weeks left in the season, you're going to be the two seed. But uh, you're going to be, knowing our schedule, uh, if you win those these three games, you're the one seed. You and I both would have taken that. So, hundred percent, dude. But yeah, I'm excited to see what we got. Also, like what we say every week, like. Play true your identity. Like we need to play with our, we need we need to use our speed, get the ball in the middle of the field, get the ball up the field. Like stuff we said so many times, but I don't want to see any of the lollygag stuff for them trying to get overly creative and overly fancy. Just do the stuff that you know works. Like Dallas is the type of team to like beat themselves in the game and get frustrated when they're not executing the way they should be and to start doing dumb stuff. Like play your game and let Dallas make the mistakes, dude. Run the ball in the red zone. Yeah, but right. Right, we we learned our lesson last uh, against the Titans. No more fades, and uh, McDaniel's saying that in the hard knocks. Like, um, he's like, I abandoned the run. He, he was, you know, taking responsibility for some of the bad play calling in Tennessee. He's like, you know, I'm throw, I'm calling a fade, uh, enforcing things where, you know, we could run it for a touchdown. And I think, yeah, you 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 hit it on the head. It's it's the same keys as it always is in these big games. It's you want to stay true to your identity, and it all started in Buffalo. We saw they got away from the calls that they like. Um, run the offense how you run it against the Jets and how you run it against Washington and Denver. You know that's the call those plays. Run the football when you're in the red zone. Discipline, no stupid penalties, especially early on. Like that's what they, it's always so early. They set the tone. Someone gets a false start. You know you got to be disciplined. Um, and then that I, I think yeah, if if we don't beat ourselves, we'll win the game. It's not one of those deals where, you know, I'm, I'm too concerned about any particular matchup. I think Parsons is, is, you know, he's as difficult as a matchup as you can have with an edge rusher. But I think 
we've got the best two tackles that you can to to deal with that. You can argue we've got the best tackle tandem in football when we're healthy. I mean, it's all over the field. There's elite talent. And, you know, I, I, I think we're the better team than the Cowboys. And if we don't beat ourselves at home, it, it should be very simple. I think we take care of business. I 100% agree with you, dude. No need to repeat, but I echo everything you said. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, let's do score predictions and uh, that'll be all. What do you, uh, What's your score um, prediction for this? Like, I really want to say the Dolphins are going to smoke them, but I'm going to be a little realistic here, which this is probably a little realistic for them to just show up because I do think we're the better team. If we play our game, we're a lot better than them. But um, let's give it 28-24, Fence. It's going to be a good football game going over. We're going to do our thing. We're not going to get stupid-ass Sanders out on the field. Four touchdowns, defense shows up. 28-24 Dolphins. I was just going to three up the Bills of last week, but then I realized you mentioned Sanders, and I now I'm going to four up them. 35 to 10. The Bills won. I, I forgot about their garbage time touchdown that the that the Cowboys had, so I'm going to go 35 to 10. And look, I will say this. the It was 31-3. The Cowboys had a garbage time touchdown. It will be like – well, it'll be 21 to 10. So the, it, it won't be – but, like, we're going to pull away. We'll get those last two touchdowns. That's the prediction. Um, dude, yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, remember last week I was texting you like right before. I'm like, I, I think this team they've got what it takes to respond. I think they're gonna blow them out. I think they've got I think they've got what it takes to start to perform now. We would have loved to see it earlier in the season, but now stuff is real. They have all the confidence in the world going into this game. Uh and, and like we were talking about, a pissed off Michael Gallup doesn't scare me at all. I, I really think they're gonna they're gonna put everybody on notice this Sunday. I agree with you, bro. Like we said all year and we said earlier in the podcast, these are the three games we've been eyeing down all season. This team controls their own destiny towards the one seed, winning the division and hosting playoff games in the next month. So let's see what they got to. This is what we've been what we've been waiting for. We're curious. We're excited. All you can ask for is a Dolphins fan, bro. Yes, sir. All right. Any any final words before before we go? No final words. Just hyped up we're in this opportunity. Always thankful that you asked me to come on. And do these segments with you, always a ton of fun. Getting our friends involved, it's always a great time. And look forward to talking with you the next couple of days about this game, man. Yes, sir. Look, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, and, yeah, fins up to those of you who, who made it to the end. Thank you guys very much. And uh, we will be back next week. Awesome. Fins up. Appreciate you, Jack. Yeah, fins up.